Whether you've got tickets to the game or not, you've got to get down to Baton Rouge. From the tailgates and watch parties to the stadium seats themselves, there's nowhere else to be than right here for game day. Go to visitbatonrouge.com to plan all your weekend festivities. Hey, Tiger fans, welcome back into another week of Play by Play, presented by our good friends at The Advocate for great coverage of all of our Tiger student athletes and teams. Make sure you go to The Advocate online and, of course, follow them all on social media. In with Kent Lowe once again. And Kent, it seems like a broken record here, but every week we get together on Play by Play, there's always a lot going on. Let's start with football. LSU goes to the Plains, and uh, it's one of those where whatever you thought was going to happen, uh, for both sides really, uh, didn't happen. Maybe Auburn was happy with the, the, the play early in the first half, surprisingly leading 17 to nothing, but LSU gets the win. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, 21 is more than 17. You get a win on the road in the SEC, never easy. Um, and now the Tigers 4-1, and 2-0 and in the SEC, and they crack the top 25. Yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the exact way to put it. And if you thought this wasn't going to be another typical Auburn <laughs> LSU game, you were dead wrong. Someone... Someone tweeted right after going into the last commercial break after the run of turnovers that there was still time for three more turnovers, uh, a few penalties, and exactly. uh, uh, you know a penalty kick or something by the time this thing was over. Well, the beauty was when it all was said and done, LSU had four takeaways. Now, they did give it back once, but again, the Tigers on the season plus in the turnover margin, which is a good thing. And they were four big ones. I mean, obviously, B.J. Ojolari uh, awarded earlier this week defensive lineman uh, of the week in the SEC. And, you know, Coach Kelly said it during his press conference on Monday. It was a play that a captain makes, wearing yeah. number 18. Tigers were down 14 to nothing. Nothing was working offensively. You need the defense to maybe get something going. Uh, B.J. with the strip sack. Um, the scoop and score from Jay Ward. Suddenly, LSU is on the board. B.J. finished four tackles, all solo, had two sacks, and again had that strip sacks uh, fumble cause. So good for him. And then again, I think when the game needed a play defensively, LSU delivered. Um, they got the interception for Harold Perkins Jr. down inside the red zone, which turned Auburn away. And then to seal the game, what a play by Greg Brooks, the safety, yeah. who just took it away from Coy Moore. He was, he was in great coverage, but a lot of times, Ken, in that situation where Moore was right across the middle of the field, the quarterback, Ashford for Auburn, you could tell he was a baseball player because he would really fire it in there with a lot of mustard. You, you, you have to make that decision. Am I trying to jostle the ball loose? Am I trying to swat it away? And just the, the wherewithal to have the, the mindset that I'm going to take this football, I'm going to jump the route, and I'm going to rip it out of his arms was so big uh, for Perkins. It was his fifth career interception. He had four at Arkansas, now one at LSU, and it was the biggest play of the game. Yeah, no doubt, but I, I want to go back to the, the strip and the scoop and score. I mean, that was as textbook a play as you could have. I mean, that's one of those you'd use as a reference to go, this is how you do it, because it was so well done. And then the play like you talked about, I mean, that's just – perfection the way he was able to get the ball and get the interception and take off so I mean great for them great for those plays and again you know it's like I told someone at church it's a win I'm not worried about the score it's a W and that's what 
what counts and for all those who are, you know, all fired up over mistakes and things. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, they didn't play their best, but you're right. Now, now that you've said it, 21 is more than 17 any way you look at it. Well, the one thing I know is, is that we all will sit here very shortly after a game and, and, and talk about what wasn't great and what wasn't good. But the good news is, is down the road, when you and your staff put in the 2022 all-time record, the game against Auburn That's, goes down as a W. Yeah, exactly. Offensively, it, it was not the best night. I think defensively for LSU, that won the game. They had to make the plays. But one thing that I thought was a silver lining, Kent, and Coach Kelly again I think touched on it Monday in his press conference, the fact that early on since he arrived here, he said, we have to be able to run the ball to, to win games in the SEC. 185 yards rushing for LSU against an Auburn defense, but 116 of those 185 came in the second half, and they were some big runs. Not not big chunk yardage plays no. for the most part, but when you needed three, when you needed four to keep drives alive, Josh Williams did an excellent job, had a career high in carries and yards. John Emery had some good runs. Noah Kane came in, was a good change of gears uh, when he would come in, also did well running. So, again, there's a lot of things to clean up. They had 10 penalties, way too many penalties. I think half of those uh, were on special teams. you got to clean those up. But now you've got Tennessee coming in, number eight, high-powered offense, one of, I think, third in the country in FBS football in uh, offensive uh, performance. Uh, take a, take your pick, one or two in the SEC, depending on which way you look at it. Overall, they've uh, scored more than Alabama, but in conference games, Alabama is number one in SEC offense. Either way, it's a hyperdrive that you got to wonder how much can LSU adjust in game with personnel because they just don't give you a lot of time. But it's going to be an early game. Let's all get ready. Let's all get angry that we're there at 11 and yeah. make it a hostile environment for the Vols on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. Come Friday night to go bad and just hang around the campus till that's right <laughs> till eleven o'clock on Saturday. But seriously, come on out. Let's have a big day. Let's really have a great crowd in Death Valley and let's uh, see what happens. I mean, you know, there have been a lot of games where things have gone right for LSU against teams like Tennessee, and here's the opportunity on national television to start the day. With a big, big win. Again, last time LSU was number 25 and their opponent was number 8 was uh, over in Dallas uh, to open the year when LSU manhandled Miami. So, uh, again, doesn't matter what we think going in. It's what matters between the lines on Saturday. We'll talk about men and women's basketball coming up, but I, I do want to talk about LSU volleyball. Went 1-1 one one over the weekend, splitting the two matches with Ole Miss and SEC play. The Tigers now 9-3, and 3-2 three, three and two in conference play. LSU soccer had the week off previous, got back in action this past Sunday. Really big win. They're 8-2-2 two and two on the year, 3-1 and one in the SEC. Got the win over Kentucky at home by a final of 3-2. to two. Another big win for Coach Hudson and company. Yeah, I had a chance to watch that match uh, in person uh, Sunday afternoon. And just a really entertaining match. I mean, Kentucky was 0-3 and had really only scored two goals in their last several matches and got two in the first half – or. Two early in the second half got their second goal to tie the game at uh, 2-2. But uh, it was just a very entertaining match. And LSU just did the things, put pressure on the Kentucky keeper in the second half and made a couple of spectacular plays to 
win that match 3-2. to two. That was a big win for them going on the road this week to uh, A&M for they come home to play Alabama, who's pretty much not only at the top of the league charts, but top of the nation's charts. Uh, so next Sunday at uh, the soccer complex will be a big match here at home. All right. So I'm glad we have Kent here because he can handle this a lot better than I. <laughs> I've got kind of blinders on for football right now. But Kent, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, we inside a month Close to a month before we start college basketball here at LSU? Uh, we are in the high 30s okay. as far as days. Inside 40 because, days. Yes, because last Friday was 40 days. Mm-hmm. I know that. I can, And so that would make this, depending on when you watch it, somewhere in the high 30s. But uh, And we're going to yeah. get a little preview coming yep. up later this week. Uh, again, it's a great weekend to be here on campus. We touched on Tennessee and LSU on Saturday morning. But on Friday evening, we get kind of a preview review get a quick look uh, after both teams began practice officially last week both men and women's basketball a little go mad on friday evening uh, gonna be a little bit of fun but yeah. also a chance to to see what these two teams look like six o'clock out on out in front of the pmac it's going there's going to be an outdoor court set up with regulation goal and all that stuff and we're gonna have a little uh, fun with the basketball teams we're gonna introduce all the players uh, to everyone and we'll have a three-point shooting contest some uh skills competition some uh fun with the fans and the kids that are there and then uh some students gonna shoot a half court shot for 10k Mm. courtesy of hancock whitney Mm. so it's going to be a lot of fun there's going to be some entertainment afterwards it's it's going to be a nice evening looks like the weather's going to be great which is shocking considering we're planning an outdoor event that's (laughs) right uh, it should be a lot of fun it's absolutely free the ramps of the pmac will be open for you to get a good spot to watch and uh, really, both teams want you to come out, have some fun on Friday night before the football game, out on the pad near where Tiger One Village is and where a lot of you hang out before football games, Friday night at 6 o'clock. Love to have you out there. Yeah, looking forward to it. Patrick Wright, longtime voice of LSU women's basketball, will join me from Tiger One, where we normally do our LSU game day uh, pregame for football. Patrick and I will be out there on Friday night from 5.30 to 6, uh, live on Facebook Live and YouTube at the LSU Sports YouTube channel. Just kind of with a preview, get a chance to talk to some players, talk to the coaches, get their thoughts on the upcoming season. Um, So we hope you'll join us there on your way to the PMAC when things get started, as Kent said, uh, around 6 o'clock. All right, well, we love champions here at LSU. We all know that. We're going to talk to a championship coach Uh, When we come back here on Play by Play, Garrett Runyon, LSU women's golf coach, will join us here in studio. Want to remind you, if you want to follow the Tigers, keep up with everything, go to our friends at The Advocate. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Garrett Runyon will join us on Play by Play. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's Play by Play. As we told you earlier, excited to have for the first time on our show the reigning WGCA Coach of the Year. And, of course, Coach, the 
LSU SEC championship team a year ago. They're also the reigning champions in the Southeastern Conference. It is a pleasure to welcome Coach Garrett Runyon. And Coach, uh, congratulations on this past year, but I know you're saying, hey, that was last year. Let's focus on this year. Uh, but it's great to have you here. And uh, again, I know coming up this coming week, uh, a really great tournament to, to put the ladies in action. And uh, so far, so good. How are things going here, 2022, headed into 23? Well, thanks for having me on. It's nice to see you all set up. I see you guys on TV and listen, <laughs> I get to see it in person here. Um, and I don't mind talking about last year a little bit. It, it, was, a, it was a good year. It, it had been a, too long since the last SEC championship. But um, we are focused on this year, and uh, we've got a good squad and uh, ready to, ready to keep, get the ground running and, and go. And a lot of people are going to get to see the LSU golf team next uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because the Stevens Cup, which LSU will be defending, uh, that event is nationally televised on the Golf Channel all three days. A lot of great college coverage that the, the Golf Channel has done in the last few years. And uh, this is a big event. Last year you won the inaugural one at the uh, Elotions Club in uh, Roland, Arkansas. And this year going to one of those spectacular courses that people talk about, Seminole, in Juneau Beach, Florida. So I know the girls are looking forward to that. They're, they're very excited to play this, not only the course, but to play on TV. The Golf Channel does a great job um, airing just about everybody. And, you know, you get prime primetime air with Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, so you're not competing with any other tournaments. But it's a great course. Um, I know Alexis and I are selfishly very excited to see this course, and, um, and we can't wait to get out there. You know, the, uh, the tournament last year, it's, a, it's an interesting format, Chris, because it's – in some ways, a good prep, I would think, coach, for the SECs because you have 54 holes of stroke play, then it concludes with a round of match play, and that's exactly what will be happening in your postseason as you go back to defend your SEC championship and hopefully on to the NCAAs. It's, it's great practice for us, and I, I felt last year we won the stroke play portion and the match play portion, and at the end I said I felt like we won two tournaments, and in some ways it is two tournaments, and, um, and that I believe helped us with uh, winning the SEC championship because the SEC network is out there and televised. I, I remember one of our English players, Jessica Bailey, she came up, she's like, oh, the telly came on over here and didn't watch me hit some shots, so to get in use it's different for some of them to play with the cameras there and um, and just having being more comfortable and, and tournaments like this help us out for the SEC championship and the NCAA championship. Garrett Runyon, uh, head coach of LSU Women's Golf, our guest this week on Play by Play. Coach, I do want to go back and, and talk a little bit about last season and how it applies to not only this year but moving forward. Certainly you've got some incredible returners that uh, obviously know what it means and what it takes uh, to win a championship. Um, how does that also set the tone for the program overall, the newcomers who come in, that there's people there, there's, there's older players who can say this is the standard, along with you and the staff, yeah. that we're expecting here at LSU? It, you know, we have a healthy mix of, of old and young on the team right now. And, and, and I tell a lot of people, I don't want a good team. I want a good program. And part of having a good program is being around it, being consistent. And if you go back a year ago or two years ago, we, we won the uh, stroke play portion of the SEC championship but lost in the, uh, in the semifinals. And then we missed match play at the national championship by one shot. 
The next year, we finished second in stroke play, won the match play uh, at, at SEC championship, and then we just missed again on the national championship making the match play. So we're around it. Um, Skip Bertman always talks about that. You got to be around it, have a chance, you know, got to have some things go your way. But we have a healthy mix of older players and younger players that this, they're mad. Like they, they, <laughs> they want to win the big one. Um, so they've got some extra motivation. And the, the new players, they're kind of like, they don't know any different. They're like, that's. <laughs> They're competing for championships. This is what we do. We better step our game up. So it's uh, it's a good good wave we got going right now, and uh, we're going to try and keep it going. Well, Chris, there are three players that have been kind of the focus of the team in uh, Carla Tejedo, Latana Stone, and, of course, Ingrid Lindblad is the number two ranked amateur in the world. Uh, back for her senior year, which until she actually said so at the championships last year, everybody was kind of holding their breath. We thought she'd be coming back, but nine wins, 25 top tens, which is tied for most. She already knows that, so she knows her next top ten breaks another record at LSU. But the three of them together has been – an absolute uh, role here for LSU women's golf. They won eight times together and, and have really done some special things for this program. Yeah, you know, when I talk about Ingrid Lindblad, I kind of, I said she's our Joe Burrow. She puts up crazy, <laughs> crazy stats every week, crazy numbers, and uh, she's kind of been our Joe Burrow, and people understand that. So if you have Joe Burrow, you got to have Jamar Chase, and that's Latana Stone. She's our. She's our Jamar Chase. She's she would be Ingrid Limbad if Ingrid Limbad wasn't here. She's yeah. top forty in the world and very consistent. I don't even know how many top tens she has, but she's up there as well. And played in the Palmer Cup, Arnold Palmer Cup three times. Uh, played in the winning team for the Curtis Cup on on Team USA this past summer. And then if you got those two, you need Clyde. And so uh, <laughs> Carla Tejedo is our, our Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and, and um, she's kind of our spark plug. She's our, our small in stature, but she's a bulldog. She'll, she'll fight, and she uh, goes out first in every one of our matches in the SEC championships and has, has won those points going out first for us, and then she comes back, and she's a loud cheerleader for the other one. So those are kind of our, our big three that have certainly taken this program to the next level, and Hopefully we're just trying to get a, a big gold trophy like they did yeah. uh, at the end of the year. And, and, you know, one more thing, Chris. They've added a transfer from Indiana this year, Anya Donegan, who has in the first two tournaments shown why she was all Big Ten as a freshman. I, she's come in here and adjusted pretty well to things here in the South. She's adjusted very well, and uh, she has a lot of international experience as well. Her demeanor is is awesome. She's just so chill and calm, um, and she wants to win, and, and she's thankful for the opportunity down here. So I guess she's our Jordan Jefferson, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Coach. I love how you can go down that entire yeah, roster I mean. <laughs> from 2019. Let's talk about the here and now because uh, you and Kent touched on it, the fact that you've got a really good field at an incredible course coming up starting on Monday. And I just you know, happened to take a look here. you got the reigning national champ, Stanford. You've got fourth-ranked South Carolina, fifth-ranked Wake Forest, uh, 11th ranked LSU, of course, 16th ranked USC, 20th ranked University of Arkansas, and the 21st ranked Duke University. So when you talk about going into the, this, coming off the year you had in conference play, I got to believe this type of, of, of matchups, as well as the course you're playing on, prepares you very well uh, for what will come your way 
at the turn of the calendar. Yeah, I mean, you go down that list, those are all the heavy hitters. You mentioned Duke at 21st. Well, their coach has seven national championships under his belt, so they they certainly a good team. And I think a lot of it goes back to our scheduling. Last year, two years ago, we had the seventh-ranked strength of schedule. Last year, we had the tenth-ranked strength of schedule. So we do that on purpose to to get used and be battle-tested against these big teams and and know that you got to be able to perform at week in and week out. So a lot of that scheduling, where they hopefully go down there and they're like, oh, this is just normal. This is what we do. So. It, they are tough, and, and if you're off a little bit, it, you can get exposed a little bit, but it's um, it's why they come to LSU. Let's go and take us behind the scenes a little bit with the X's and O's uh, from a staff standpoint, because as you mentioned, this is the second year of this cup, Stevens Cup, last year in Arkansas, this year at the Seminole Club. How do you guys gather the information before you arrive to prepare the team? What's what's the game plan before you get down to Florida? Well, nobody has seen uh, Seminole, so we don't have much intel there. Luckily, I was born and raised in Florida, so I have a lot of friends down there, and they know people that have caddied or played out there. So I've gotten a little bit of information. It's um, it's all around the greens out there, and we'll, we've got our practice set up today. It's a lot of short side chipping, tight lies, putting from off the fringe. You know it's going to be windy, which we can't control the wind down here. But thankfully, the last few weeks, we've had some wind uh, in Baton Rouge where we could practice in the wind, work on the knockdown shots. And, and really, we, you know, we, we know 85% of birdies come from inside 20 feet. So we need to have as many looks inside 20 feet as we can. we got to play the par fives under par. you got to make your money on the par five. So we'll work on wedges um, and things like that. So we try and get as much course knowledge as we can before if we haven't been there and then kind of implement our practice. There's 148 bunkers or something out there, so we're we'll be practicing our deep greenside bunkers and fairway bunker shots as well, um, and just all to get them as confident as we can going into the week. From the geography and the layout of the course, let's say you go through on Monday, how much work is done immediately following that round to say, all right, this is now we do have some intel on, on what we're playing at. How much does that? impact after day one yeah well every we get a practice round and every after every round practice round and um and the and during the tournament we all we all sit down and we go through the yardage book hole by hole we'll get the pins ahead of time it's back right here you can't be long short right here got to be left things like that so we kind of come up with our our game plan there and and you, you know you get the win this hole is going to be downwind so make sure you land it well short or, or it's it's really wet over here it's not really rolling out it's firm so all those things we we do have a, a big long huddle i guess you'd say each night before to go over game plan and and then alexis and i of whether alexis is going to walk with a certain player or if we hang around on one or two key holes and and try and get us through some of those tricky holes reading putts things like that so there's um there's a little bit of math and geometry and and all that that goes into it to try and try and play our best out there you were involved with uh two national championship teams on the men's side uh, one is a head coach uh, in a uh, Division II school. One is an assistant here at LSU. I mean, what were the components that made those teams national champions? Well, one of the components was Ben Taylor. A lot of people don't realize, but uh, Ben Taylor and I were down at Nova Southeastern University, and he, he, we won a national championship together, and then he transferred in to LSU. 
and actually made the winning putt to win the national right. championship for the LSU. Um, so that was that was cool and very special with us, and glad to see he got his tour card back yep. this yep. year. Yep. So he's looked for him out there on the PJ Tour. But um, a lot of it was just mentally tough, guys. I mean, like Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until you get popped in the face, and and what are you going to do? So, you know, those t- they were tough, even the ladies during the, na- the SEC championship. If you ask any one of them, what do I want my teams to be known for? And they say mentally tough, Navy SEAL type attitude. And I think that's what a lot of those players had on both those teams. Yeah, that was the the thing, Chris, when we were walking the course at the SECs. And I mean, like, for example, and Garrett can talk more about this, Latana Stone. I mean, there were holes in both the semifinals and finals that she just made putts and made approach shots in the final holes that swung both those matches and you were at the Curtis Cup Mm -hmm. I mean there were a couple of matches for the Americans that she just made huge putts or great uh, chips late in matches that swung some matches from Great Britain and Ireland straight to the Americans because of her play yeah, no, I mean, the way she played at Marion, and I don't, that was my first time being up there at Marion, and that course was not easy. And um, in golf, you know, there is no defense in golf. So you, you can only control what you can control, and sometimes when someone chips in or does something unbelievable, you have to be able to let it roll off your back and focus on your own game. And Latana, she's one tough cookie. She's, she's seen a lot, been through a lot, and, um, and she's performed extremely well under high pressure situations and um, a lot of that is is being tough mentally you know i guess one of the challenges now for coaches in your position and assistant coaches is that recruiting is so much in in golf now a worldwide thing i mean players are coming from all over the world to play college golf in america understandably and we're seeing some of the best in the world coming into the college game but i mean that puts you guys all over the world too trying to find those players it does um you know we're, we're on the road between tournaments and everything around 125 days a year roughly um i did go over to japan and that's where i saw carla tejedo in a world event over there and i saw um elsa svensson who's from sweden on our team um so gone to japan i mean this past summer we went uh scotland and england uh alexis she usually goes to two or three countries a year um ideally we'd like players from louisiana we, we need <laughs> players from louisiana um and, and unfortunately there's not a lot right now but we 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 really want players from louisiana but we're willing to go wherever to get the best players in the world and some of those countries have really good farm systems if you will their national team and how they how they do everything is is similar to the states and and they want to they want to come over here and utilize our facilities and, and get better and play against the best in the world so. you know coach uh, carter collins is a good friend of mine he's the head coach at georgia southern men's mm-hmm. golf and i and to kent's point i've asked him a lot of like where where is your recruiting area what coast are you recruiting off of and he always replies which continent are you speaking <laughs> of because it is uh, as you say worldwide a uh, couple of minutes remaining with Garrett Runyon, again, uh, LSU women's golf coach. Uh, following that recruiting, and, and the Golf Channel, of course, does an incredible job for college golf in general. Um, but women's golf, 
the rise in popularity? Again, we've talked about the recruiting worldwide, but here in the States, uh, how have you seen women's golf and youth golf uh, for females really explode, say, in the last 10 years? I mean, I don't know if it's maybe because I switched over to the women's side and, and, and more into it, but it, it's definitely been a been an uptick, and it's been awesome to see. Um, I think there's a lot more people putting a priority on it. Um, and the fact, like, you got guys like Mr. Stevens and uh, Mr. Tyson up there in Arkansas that are willing to open up their, their very nice exclusive venues and then also help with their time, money, and effort put it on the golf channel and, and get exposure. So I think there's a combination of a lot of things, but the main thing is just there's been a priority. And because of that, you're getting more people into it. They're, they're a lot more friendly. I, you know, at the U.S. Open and some of these LPGA Tour events, it's, I, people should really go to them because it's, it's, there's not as many people and you have more access to the players. And you never know when you see a lot of young little girls running around getting autographs and things like that. And that kind of – puts a spark in them to want to want to play so it's uh it's, it's been good to see for sure you know uh i have a story in this saturday's football program on our 50 years of title nine i did an interview with uh, karen bonson who was the coach here for many years and uh you've got now a second generation golfer of course michelle louvier riley who played for Karen was from Lafayette, and uh, Jim Gallagher and his wife, his, his sissy played for Karen. Both of their daughters have now played for LSU, Kathleen Gallagher a few years ago. But Taylor Riley is a freshman on your team and came out the first tournament in New Orleans and fires three rounds in the 60s, finishes third, is the SEC Freshman of the Week. I mean, I don't think you could ask for a better start in your college <laughs> no. debut than that. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was pretty unbelievable. That was pretty unbelievable. I mean, when your mom played on tour, and a lot of people don't know her dad is yeah. Chris Riley, who played on the PJ Tour, a winner on the PJ Tour, and was actually partners with Tiger Woods in the Ryder Cup. So not too many people can Oof. say their their daddy was partners with Tiger, got picked by Tiger to be his partner yeah, yeah. in a Ryder Cup. So um, she certainly has the genes. She's certainly uh, been around it, and um, she's not scared. She's not scared, no, which no. is uh, which is awesome and good to see. And I'll show my age. I remember when Michelle and Chris were dating. That's been so <laughs> long ago. But uh. <laughs> well, Coach, again, uh, great to have you here this week. And I got to ask you before we wrap things up: Is there a better Twitter follow than Kent Lowe at the SEC Championship. <laughs> I mean, he was he was on fire. It, there is absolutely not anything better. And we all tease him with um, – because he was sitting when Ingrid had a putt. And how far was the putt? 40 feet. 40 38, feet 40 feet. For Eagle. And Kent's right in line. And this thing's breaking right back. And he yells, get in. <laughs> and we got it on video. And so all the ladies, every time they see Kent and stuff, they're like, get in. <laughs> so – it is. Uh, we love it. That having I've suffered them out there. through 30 years of no <laughs> SEC championship. So. <laughs> you called it early. I was a little nervous. It still had some room to go, um, but I was glad it went in. And uh, we love having Ken at the tournaments, and, and so do the ladies. Well, congratulations on last season, and uh, certainly we expect uh, nothing but success this coming season. And it starts uh, 
early next week. Again, best of luck over at Juno Beach. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Garrett. All right, that's Garrett Runyon, head coach of LSU Women's Golf, and we'll continue next week back here on Play by Play. Thanks to Coach for joining us. As always, thanks to Kent Lowe with all of his intelligence and stats and history of LSU athletics, and uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, go Tigers. Ha, 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 ha.